So today I am actually really, really uh, excited and ready to start a brand new series that uh, we're going to be starting today. And I think it's going to be a great, powerful battle cry for us and a great, powerful reminder that we are children of God. Not a whole lot of amens and hallelujahs on that. Because we have been destigmatized to how valuable that is. We all hear, God loves you. I'm a child of God. But if we really stop and think about how valuable that is, man, we could charge the gates of hell and demons would run. See, because people don't live like they're children of God. Come on, somebody. And God wants his children to be raised up, rise up, and take the fight to the enemy. And remember that we are children of God, the Most High. All right, I think he's going to stir some people up. And if you've been fighting the enemy, the enemy's been coming at you, doubt's been trying to creep in, fear's been trying to creep in, you've forgotten what child you are. Because the title of our message is Shaped by God. Shaped by God. If you got a neighbor, tell him, say, hey, Jesus still working on me. Right? If you got two neighbors, tell your other one because maybe they think they got it all together. Right? And if that's you today, I'll show you where the door is and tell them, say, hey, Jesus is still working on me. God's still working. He's still shaping me. He's still molding me. He's still fashioning me. If you're joining us online, put that in the chat. Make that your confession. God is still working on me. And so we need to be formed. We need to remember that we were originally formed and shaped by God. And he is still forming and shaping us every day. And if I'm not allowing him to shape me, guess what? You're still going to be shaped. But you ain't going to be shaped by him. You're going to be shaped by something else. You're going to be shaped by the tainted world. You're going to be shaped by Netflix. You're going to be shaped by Facebook. You're going to be shaped by TikTok. You're going to be shaped by you fill in the blank. Because God wants to shape us and mold us and move us into a place of faith for signs, miracles, and wonders to happen. And the world wants to mold you and shape you too. And when you're down and out, guess what? It don't care. And nothing hurts God's heart more than when he sees a child of his, a child of the Most High, called, appointed, anointed, living less than. So remember, you are molded and shaped by God. See, this is a thing that we say all the time, and it's true. We are imperfect people serving a, y'all been in church, y'all have heard that. That's true. But the thing is, what I want to do in this message is to remind you that God actually made you perfect. Now, sin entered the world, and I have imperfections, and I need a Savior, and so God's going to mold me and form me and fashion me. But what I want to do to restore hope in your life is you are exactly the way God ordained you. He didn't leave nothing out. The things you struggle with are actually so that you can lean on God in those moments so that he can get the glory. The things that you're good at, he wants you to keep God number one so you can lean into him on those things and so that he still gets the glory. Because God formed you, fashioned you, and made you perfect. Who believes our God's perfect? So if he's perfect, I believe uh, he probably don't make trash. This might be for somebody. You are not trash. You are a shiny diamond in the kingdom of God. Amen? 
our God, here's the good news, he's forever invested in us. He formed us, he fashioned us, and he's never going to give up. He's the author and finisher of our faith. It says, and he, he perfects and he completes what he started, what he starts. Man, that's good news. There should be a hallelujah for that. He's going to finish what he started, right? So let's dive in. Our foundational scripture is going to come out of Psalms, okay? Chapter 139, verses 13 and 40. Excuse me, 13 and 14. Some of y'all are like, man, I'm going to go to lunch today. Are we 13 through 40 today, Pastor? <laughs> Don't worry, I wouldn't do that to you. 13 and 14. It says, for you were formed. Highlight that, underline that word as a reminder, as your promise today. And my inward, my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody say made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. David understood that he was formed, fashioned, completed, made by his father. And that he didn't leave nothing out. And that everything that God deposited into him was the glory of God. See, do you know when God makes his children, he deposits something of himself into us. He, he impart, that's good, he imparts himself to us, but in part he leaves his fingerprints on our lives, on our souls. He impressions to us that I am good, that I am holy, that you can trust me, that I formed you, that I fashioned you, that I made you, that I shaped you, right? Our Heavenly Father has given us everything that we have. He's given us everything that we have, and he's, he deserves that the praise of, of that gift, of that gift of life and all the things that he, he imparts and leaves in us. Look at that first point. Just as we get this started, I want you to see and know that you have been divinely crafted, divinely molded, divinely shaped, divinely deposited into, Right? This can be your battle cry when you're having a, no, I'm not. I'm the head, devil. I'm not the tail. I'm the head. I'm the first, devil. I'm not the last. No, I've been divinely crafted by my Father in Jesus' name, devil. No, I have exactly what I'm supposed to have, devil. Now, all these things are available to you if Jesus Christ is your Lord. I said, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, because you need to be redeemed, you need to be forgiven of your past and your sins. And so if you're here today or you're watching us online and Jesus Christ is not your Savior, I promise you there's going to be a moment for you today to accept him. Amen. But if he already is your Lord and Savior, man, you have tools to fight with to remind the enemy who is your father. And that point, it says we are shaped by who? God. Shaped by God. Make that your profession of faith. I am shaped by God, and we have a divine DNA. Our bodies, our souls, and our spirits have been uniquely shaped by God. Think about that. You have divine DNA. Think about this. The blood of the Lamb flows through your veins if He's your Lord and Savior. The blood of the Most High. Sickness, death, and disease are not from God. Did you know that? Those entered the world when sin entered the world. And so if you're sick, if you're, 
If you're stuck in unforgiveness, if you're, if you're stuck in living in fear or doubt, that is not of God. If, if you're a child of God, you have to remind yourself, I have divine DNA flowing through my body. I can walk in peace. I can walk in power. I can walk in the authority of Christ because I've been bought, paid for. We celebrated God today with the partaking of what? Communion of his body and blood. That's part of his divine DNA. Come on, somebody. When we partake in that, we partake of the, the divine DNA that conquered death, hell, and the grave. We're going to celebrate that in a couple weeks. Y'all know Easter's in like three weeks. We're going to celebrate the fact that our, our grave is empty because on the third day, Jesus rose again. And because he rose again, it says you and I get to rise again. Right? We're going to rise again when our physical bodies pass away. And God wants us every single day when our alarm goes off to rise in Christ's name. Right? Not rise in the world's name, not rise in wherever I got to go to work's name, or rise in, 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 in stress and fear and doubt. See, there, there's a challenge as soon as I wake up every day, I have to invite his presence and, and invite that invitation that I can live, walk, and talk, and act like a child of God today if I want. And that should be our want. That should be our desires. We're going to talk about what happens when we begin to live this way, what happens in our little bubbles, in our little worlds around us. And they begin to get radically changed for his glory, by his name, right? Look at that next point. So no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, no matter how much money you bring home, no matter how you were raised, no matter whatever, God's love is still the same for each and every person, right? No matter what you look like, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're short, tall, skinny, hefty, uh, Blue or brown, eyed, black, blonde hair, introvert, extrovert, academic, or athletic. We are all fearfully, somebody say fearfully. Put that in the chat. Fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not an accident. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created intentionally for God, by God. He created us and formed us himself created, left his imprints on our lives, set apart, divinely deposited into for his glory and for him, on purpose, intentionally. If I lived like a sinner or a heathen for, for, for 18 years or for 28 years or 38 years before I come to know Christ, God's plan, his, his purpose, his intention never changed, never wavered. He knew you would doubt him. He knew you would say bad things about him. But Jesus interceded for you at the right hand of God saying, Father, give him another chance. When he hits 38, that one day when he hits rock bottom, his pigs die, he is going to confess that you are Lord and you are good. And you're going to be glorified in his, her life. His plan, his purpose never changed, never wavered. He called you set apart the day you were formed in your mother's womb. Set apart when he said, this is going to be my son. This is going to be my daughter. They're going to have hard things in life. They're going to be hurt. They're going to be offended. They may even get mad at me as God. But in the end, I'm going to get the glory. Because my son went. And because my son went, the righteousness of God can be theirs because I formed them and shaped them and mold them. See, God, do you remember what he said over Jesus when John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, baptized him? 
Remember what he said? He said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. A proclamation to the world of how much he loved his son. What you got to know is God proves that same love for us as children of God because that same son went in our place. And you have to remember how much you're loved and how much you're accepted because our Father God sees us through the perspective, through the eyes, through the lens of a father. Any parents today? Parents, keep them up, keep them up. Lord bless them in Jesus' name. One thing I know since I've become a parent, man, when I look at my son, something happens in here. I don't see one thing that God left out in him. He is perfect in the same way Abba Father has those thoughts, feelings about each and every one of you. Just as you're a parent looking on your kids, God sees you that same way. He loves you. He accepts you. He's for you. He's not some angry God judging us. Now, there will be a judgment day. But right now, man, he is batting for you. Take advantage of Jesus batting for you. I bet he bats a thousand, Matt. I bet he bats a thousand. He's perfect. So take advantage of that. And let that inspire you to, to get up if you're in a tough place and say, you know, I'm a child of God in Jesus' name. Right? God was intentional when he made us. Right? When he made us. When I see people that I love and the friends and family that I have, I, I, I try and see the good things in every person. Like, like on my wife, Jessica. She, she, she's so beautiful. She's she, she's loving and kind and accepting of, of others, and she has the gifts of, uh, uh, of loving others and, and friendship and, and, and reading God's word. Those are things that God gave her that I'm thankful for. When I think of my son, I, I think of how, how perfect he is and his, his personality and how funny he is, and, and those are the things that God intentionally deposited into them. And we got an, an unborn baby is about to make his appearance any day now. And I've been praying and prophesying over him. And the, the, the son that I, that I think I know, I don't even know yet, but I know my heavenly father knows him perfectly. Somebody say perfectly. Put that in the chat. He knows him perfectly. I'm already so enamored and already so in love with him. I'm so excited and in anticipation to meet him. And God's like, just, just wait. You don't even know yet the things he's going to do, the people he's going to win to Christ. And I think of my own life. And how God's perfect plan has been made real in my life and manifested in my life. Because y'all know my story. I was addicted to alcohol and the drugs and the sin, Satan and self, in the world for a long time in my life. I didn't come to Christ until I was 26. And I'm 37. Help me out, Sugar Boo. I just said all those nice things about you. 37 this year. I'll be 37 in November. But I was thinking this week, 
I don't even know how I forgot this. Just life goes on. And you know, I was the first person in my family to, to go to college, actually. And y'all guess what my major was? Business. That's a good guess, but no, no. I was a communications major. I don't know how I forgot about that. I did a whole year and a half. I got so many credits that when I listed into the Navy, I actually was able to enlist as an E2 because of the college credits I had. But the Lord just reminded me. My dream was I wanted to have my own radio talk show. I don't know what I was going to talk about, but that's what I wanted to do. And my sins say in evil self, right? That was, the, that was Ian's plan apart from God. But God just showed me I would have never thought I would be a pastor. Uh, and it really wasn't even the desire of my heart when I got born or, or saved. But, but the path has happened, and we've been on this path, on this track. And as God blessed it, oh, my gosh. And he just reminded me and said, you've been shaped by me, formed by me, perfected by me. I put these things in you before you even knew that they were there. You might be even didn't want them, but I put them there because one day people are going to come to you come to you in my name for me to come to them in my name, in Jesus' name. Right? Instrument, an available instrument of righteousness. Write that down, Lord. I want to be an available instrument of righteousness. To be used by you. Right? And if he is no respecter of persons, he can do those things, accomplish those things for any and every one. Race, sex, religion, creed. If you believe in the one standard that is Jesus Christ, the resources of heaven are available to you. Look Colossians 1, 15 through 17. I love this. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He's the manifestation, like we talked about today, of the love of God. He makes, he, he, he manifested the invisible God in the real. He existed before anything else was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities, of this unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. You were made by God. You were made for God, and in him you have life. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. It says right there, verse 16, you were made through him and for him. You were made by God. We were made by God and for God. Just as God ordained, think about all of creation, just as God ordained the sun, ordained the moon, ordained the seas, ordained the sky, ordained the wildlife, he ordained us. He's ordained you to be a child of the Most High. He formed us with purpose. Look at that next point. It says, God covered us in our mother's womb. We're using Psalms 113 that we read earlier to kind of dive a little deeper. It says in that verse that he covered us in our mother's womb. And it says, he fenced us in. And we were created with boundaries not to limit us, but to define us and empower us in him. And so if you think about it, and this is why... You, I don't believe that you can be a Christian living, following Jesus Christ and think abortion is okay. 
You can't vote that way. You can't think that way if the Spirit of God is living in here. Because it says that He, he preordained, he, he formed us and fashioned us before. Right? And so you got to know that every life is consecrated. Being set apart, Bodhi's life has been consecrated nine months prior to today. The plan and purpose for his life that God has, that God sees, that God wants. And so he consecrates his creation. Imagine that. And so it says that he covered us. We're going to talk about a covering is, is, is his blessing, is his protection. You know the mother's womb is supposed to be the safest place on the face of the planet. How has it become the most dangerous place? Lies of the enemy. Right? And so he covers us, it says. And so that's his protection, his provision, his blessing. In a roundabout way, as he consecrates, what is he doing? If something's set apart and holy, he's, he's almost literally building a holy fence around each and every creation, every, each and every life. This is my son. This is my daughter. They're going to have these gifts. They're going to accomplish these things. Yeah, they're going to have tests. They're going to have trials, but I'm going to be glorified. Right? He's protecting his children. He's covering them. You know what I know about fences? A lot of times we think of fences as as a boundary, right, to keep people out. And it, it can be a boundary. But, but, but God fences us in. The Lord showed me, you know what, we have a fence at our house. And you know what's cool about that fence? Uh, inside that fence, I can put everything that's mine inside that fence. Everything that I own, anything that I want inside that fence is mine. And so God is saying to us today, if he's consecrated you, Daniel, you're in his fence, you're in his Yard, so to speak. He calls you his. He calls you his. And the thing is, he wants his children to not just reside in the kingdom of God, reside in the king Jehovah's yard. It's massive, it's big. But he wants his children, you know what, what, what every fence usually has? It has a gate. And he wants his children to be divine gatekeepers in the kingdom of God that says, you know what? You can come in, but these are the, this is the way we live. This is the way we talk. This is the way we act. We, 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 we rely and focus on Jesus Christ. And if you want to live that way, come on in. That's the plan. That's the focus. That's got to be our focus in these last days. Who believes we're in the last days? We need to be gatekeepers, inviting people in to the kingdom of God. That's what God wants. He wants his kingdom to be empowered, defined, and set apart. That's what a gate, that's what a fence does, right? It, it defines an area. We need to live on purpose, intentionally, and we need to be defined and refined in how we live, how we talk, how we do the things that we do. So that Jesus Christ is being magnified and glorified in our lives. All right, look at that next point. So it says in uh, Psalms 139 that we are fearfully made. And our divine shape demands respect and strikes fear into the heart of the enemy. 
or I should say it should demand respect and strike fear into the enemy. See, respect begins with us. It begins with you. And until you honor the you God created you to be, no one else will. The Holy Spirit spoke to me this week. And he asked me a question. And I guess it's something I thought about, but maybe I've forgotten about or I've been living less than maybe in some areas of my life. And I felt the question just say, Ian, do you know that the enemy respects and knows your power and purpose more than you do? I said, do what? He said, do you know that the enemy respects and knows the power and purpose that you possess more than even you do. And see, we need children of God that know who they are. They need to know their shape. They need to know who shaped them. Because when they know that they know that they know what's going to happen, they're going to walk in power. The enemy already respects us, and I'm going to talk about that's why he actually attacks us. But when I actually begin to walk and move into that anointing and into that calling, y'all, now the enemy's on the run. Now the enemy is stirred up. And that's how God wants us to live. And see, we experience doubts. We experience being swayed by We experience pressure to live this way and act this way and talk this way because the enemy knows your purpose. It knows what God's called you to do. So I have a question for you. Does your enemy fear you? Does the devil fear your name? Because above your name is the name of Jesus. Or when the devil sees you, hears you, he doesn't tremble. Because as we read today, it says, you were what? You were wonderfully and fearfully made. All in the Old Testament, it says, fear the Lord your God. Y'all read the Old Testament? Because he is to be awed and trembled. That same divine DNA, when we're live in Christ, the enemy should fear and tremble us. Because it says the glory will follow those who believe. Right? And so you have to remember that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not a mistake. You're not a mistake. If you believe in Christ, you are the righteousness of Christ. Let's look at Psalms 139.14 again. It says, I will praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and my soul knows very well. Y'all, this should be our daily confession. We should write this out every single day. This should be our battle cry. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. How well my soul knows. Look at that next point. You are wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made. This means we are distinguished and set apart from all creation. There is no one in the world like you. There's no one else just like you. Even identical twins are not identical. They're a lot of the same in a lot of ways, but they are not the exact 
same. They're, they're not replicas, right? They're, they're individually formed and fashioned by God. And so if you're the only you on the face of the planet, are you living like it? Stop trying to live like somebody else. Now, you do need to have mentors. You need to have people in your life that you esteem, that you look up to, that can pour into you. But you need to be the, the you that God made you to be. I had a battle and deal with this when, when we first launched this campus because I love and respect Pastor Keith so much. He's a great pastor. He's my father-in-law. But I had to find out that I can't be up here trying to be like Pastor Keith. You suffer. I suffer. There's only one Pastor Keith. And there's only one Ian Westbrook. You know what? And when I actually began to step into that calling, it was kind of scary. But when I began to actually do it, guess what happened? Multiplication. Real power and, and real lives being changed. A, a, a better Ian. A, a, a better everything all around. When I began to just be the Ian that God called me to be. And stop living a, a based according to comparisons or whatever else. And so are you living your life that way? The best you that you can be. All right, look at Romans 12 too. We said at the top of this, if we're not being intentional and inviting and allowing God to mold and shape us, you're going to be molded and shaped by something else. And so Romans 12 too says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The world wants to conform you, right? It wants to label you. It wants to say you're this, you're not this. You can do that. No, you can't do that. If you're vaccinated, you get to do this. If you're not vaccinated, you get to live over here, right? It wants to label you. It wants to categorize you. It wants to limit you. God wants to transform you. He doesn't want to just conform you to live and look and talk and act like a Christian, he wants to transform you into the perfect, pure love of Jesus Christ. Then that will just naturally happen. A transformation will take place. And you won't try to, try to act, talk, look at, like a Christian. You'll just try and live for God. Does that make sense to anybody? Right? And before you'll know it, you'll, just, you'll be the best you doing what God called you to do. Before you know it, you'll like to roll around with the windows down listen to your Jesus jams. With your holy jeans. That was kind of corny. Right? Holy jeans are holy, man. Right? And God begins to transform your life and your mind. And this happens through the, the washing of his word and the renewing of our minds on a daily basis. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Then everything else will be added unto you. And the, the inward things that, that are invisible that you don't even know you need yet, like that breakthrough from that habit or, or, or that forgiveness that has been burning you up on the inside, the unforgiveness you've been holding on to. And God's like, if, if he would just wrap his mind and his life around what my son did, I could set him free from all those hurts in the past. And they would be happier. We're all, we're all looking for happiness in all the wrong places. All we need to do is look up and see how blessed we are. Look at that next point. And this is the importance on understanding our shape that we just went through. Understanding that I'm wonderfully made. Understanding that I'm fearfully made. Understanding that the, just the person that I am, God made me perfect. And understanding our shape for our lives and for our, even our ministries is important because there's no one that can do what you can do the way that you can do it. You have to understand your 
your shape, your calling, your gifting, your anointing, because you're special and unique according to those things. Your gifts are different than the person sitting next to you. They may be the same. Maybe you're called to run and minister together. See, we're all different, but we all also have things that are the same. And so we all have different callings. Some of our callings are the same. So we need to run together with the people that are gifted and, and called as the same as that I am. Right? Like a worship team. They're all called and appointed and anointed to lead others into worship by the giftings that they have. Some of us wish we could sing like angels, but we can't. I'm one of those people. Y'all get to hear me sing a little bit on Sundays like this. That's just because I get the microphone once a week. I'm like, I'm going to make them listen. I sing in a car. Jessica shuts me down all the time. I don't ever get to sing in my own car that I pay for. And uh, so I get to sing up here at the church. I'm uh, the head over, I guess. But I know I'm not good. Right? But so we need to run with those that we're called to run with. Right? You're special and unique and according to those things that God gave you. And here's the thing, while we have to understand what we're good at and understand what we're not good at, because that's why we experience the pressure from the enemy. I get ready to give up, or it's not, it's not looking like I thought it was going to look, and so there's this pressure, or to try something else. This is why the enemy attacks our purpose, because if we don't understand our shape, we forfeit our calling. Did y'all hear that? If you're not seeking God on how he formed and fashioned you, if you're not asking God what it is he wants you to do, if you don't understand how God made you, you're going to forfeit your calling. You're going to suffer, and the people that you're supposed to win Christ to are going to suffer. What happens? The enemy attacks our shape and our calling because if that happens, the kingdom of God suffers. Children of God suffer. This is what I want you to remember, 1 Peter 2.9. This is in my, my, my top hits, right? My, my, my top 10, 20 hits of verses that I remind myself. No, I'm called. I'm appointed. When the doubts come in, is this, am I really the guy for this? No, God said, right? 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people. I like that. You are chosen a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who what? Called you. Are you called? Yes, because we've already said we've been perfectly formed and fashioned by our God, right? Out of the what? The darkness into his wonderful light. Y'all say this with me. I'm chosen. I am holy. I am God's special possession. Y'all need to remind yourselves that tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning that I am chosen, I am called, I am God's special son, I am God's special daughter, I'm his boy, I'm his girl, and I'm going because I'm knowing who I am, right? Because I'm chosen, I'm called, man, that's a hallelujah good, right? I am chosen and I'm called. And because I'm called, get this, what do I need to be doing? I need to be calling others. I need to get on the phone, right? Because I'm called, I need to let others know. You're called too, so I call others. I invite others. I'm a gatekeeper into the fence, into the massive 
cosmic yard that is Jesus Christ, his forever family, the kingdom of God that says, come, see, come out of the darkness into the light and the truth and the love of God. Because I'm called, I call. Because I'm called when I go and spray somebody's house for ants or spiders or bugs from Monday through Friday. If the Holy Spirit prompts me, if there's an invitation to pray for this customer or to invite this customer to church. Y'all know the Albrights? Y'all love the Albrights? Sit right here a second. I don't mean to embarrass anybody or call anybody out. But uh, they were pest control customers of mine before they ever came to church. And one day the Holy Spirit gave us a moment, didn't he? began to just share about who God is and what God's doing. I said, actually, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I'm actually a pastor. If you're looking for a church, y'all come check us out. And they actually came. Eight months later, they are charging the gates of hell in Jesus' name. Woo! Set free, and we love them. And somebody's going to have to come steal them from us. Because I'll beat them off with a, I'll spray them off with my, my B&G pest control sprayer. Get out of here, you Satan bug. Right? There are folks. There are forever family. And so are you living that way? I'm not saying that to look at me. When I, you know, I'm bragging on the Holy Spirit and who God is. Because you have opportunities, maybe not every single day, probably every single day actually. Put the phone down. Facebook can wait. Insta can wait. How many opportunities are we missing? Right? That's how we bring people out of the darkness into the light. Look at that last point. So God's greatest glory, y'all, is man fully alive. Children of God, women fully alive in Christ, right? When we live the life we're created to live, we reveal an element of God's glory that the world will never see apart from us, that the world can't contain. When we fully understand our shape and calling according to who God said in his word, we come alive and God's glory is revealed. Look at Romans 6, 10, 11. It's an extra scripture. It's not on your paper outline. I felt the Holy Spirit had me change it for today. In verse 10, it says, When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he what? Lives. He lives for the glory of God. Do you know Jesus Christ lived for the glory of God? So get this. So you also, you and me, should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. If I've been bought for, paid for a price, if Jesus lived for God, then I'm supposed to live for God through Jesus. And when men and women come fully alive in the freedom and power of Jesus Christ, people get set free. His power is revealed. His glory is revealed. Right? And so here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. Y'all, our shape is his shape. Isn't that amazing? It's the same shape. Our shape is his shape. Y'all remember what it said in Genesis? They were created. Somebody's tracking. In our image. Y'all, if your shape's his shape, why are you living like the shape that the world's defined you as? That's not you. That's what Facebook said about you. That's what somebody that doesn't even know you said about you. God says, your shape is my shape. I love you. I'm for you. And when Christ lives, he gets the glory. And when we live for the glory of God, that's what it's all about. 
That's what it's all about. People knowing that they're loved by God, loving other people that maybe don't know they're loved by God. I'm so glad that somebody did that for me. I'd heard God loved me, but I didn't know that he loved me. It took me falling on my face, almost dying. To go to a place called Teen Challenge, which is crazy. So I wasn't a teenager. I was like, why do they call it a Teen Challenge? I'm not going to that place. I'm like 20-something. That's actually not for teens. I'm like, okay. The next day, what happened? Jesus invaded my heart. And I began to know that actually God was saying, what took you so long? You went through all this hurts. I was with you the whole time. You rejected me, denied me. Let's do this. You came home. I came home. Now almost 15 years later, it's all Jesus. Have I had my bumps? Have I had my bruises? Yes. This is for somebody. If you're praying for somebody to know the love of God, don't give up. Do not give up. The enemy is not going to give up. We talked about it. The enemy knows their purpose. The enemy knows their calling. The enemy knows their shape. You need to remind yourself that they're called, no matter what it looks like, and that God still can. Amen. God still can. Y'all pray with me. Lord, I thank you for today in this amazing church of people. The church is more than a building, it's a people. I thank you for those that are here and those that are even watching us online. So I just declare this word over us. God, that today and tomorrow when we wake up, we would see our divine shape. We would see our divine DNA. We would see our divine calling and purpose. And no matter where we are, if we have breath in our lungs, we have purpose. So Holy Spirit, reveal that purpose to us. How can I be a better gatekeeper in the kingdom of God? How can I be a gatekeeper, a bridge from those that are lost in darkness to those transport them into your marvelous light? Let us have souls on the forefronts of our minds at work. Let us be soul-minded because that's all you think about, God. Let us see others and give grace to others. If you're here today or you're watching us online and You've said that prayer before. You've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. I want you to please right now pray for the lost, somebody that is out there lost in darkness. We all know somebody. And if you don't know anybody, that's fine too. Just just pray for the lost world. Praise God, from darkness to light in Jesus' name. We lift up those people in this world to you now. But if you're here... People are praying right now. Maybe you say, Pastor Ian, that's me. I'm the one that's lost. Whether here in our sanctuary or here watching us online. and You say, my heart's evil. I have wicked thoughts. I don't know if me and God are on good terms. If, if you don't know, the answer is you're probably not. And so I don't want you to leave here the same. I want to change that today. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to do something. I promised in the message there will be a moment today for you to make him Lord, and that moment's come. I want you right now, if the Lord is dealing with your heart, I want you to do something for me. We're not watching you. We're not looking at you. We're actually praying for you right now. But what I want you to do is I want you to stand up. Just stand up. Don't worry about the thoughts, the doubts. Say, ah, I don't know. I want to stand 
the Lord's dealing with your heart, that means you are hearing clearly from, from God himself. So don't let this amazing moment pass you by. That's you online saying, God's dealing with you. I want you to put that in the chat. Say, I'm making that decision. I'm praying right now. I'm, I'm standing up. Put that in the chat. Give you a few moments. Let me just pray right now. Amen. Well, no one is physically standing in our sanctuary today. Somebody could be making this prayer watching us online. So I want to lead us all in a prayer. I want everyone to repeat after me, loud and proud, okay? Children of God. Go like this. Heavenly Father. God, we love you. And we thank you. We accept your son. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of my life. I make that confession. Holy Spirit, come. Help me. Lead me and guide me until you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. A couple fired up folks in the house today. but uh, So it sounds like y'all glad you came to church today. That's how we like it. Y'all come back next week. All right? Invite somebody to church. Uh, y'all are dismissed. We love you guys. Enjoy your Sunday. It's beautiful outside, a little chilly, but y'all enjoy it.